Welcome back to another episode of Disciplology, a podcast where we talk about all things discipleship. Chris and Mary, it's good to see you guys. Today, we get to talk about integrity and how integrity can work within discipleship. So in my prep for this episode, I looked up just where do I find things on integrity. And so I I, uh, looked all through Proverbs and integrity, 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 integrity. And then I started thinking, well, David probably wrote a lot of these Proverbs and he may not have been the most integritous guy. So how do we make this right? How do we look at a guy that did a lot of bad things and then still talked about being integritous? How do we have integrity from a guy like that? What do you think? Well, not, you know, when you think about Proverbs, it's not just David. I mean, Solomon, right, collected a lot of these Proverbs and may have written some of them. And if you follow Solomon all the way to the end of his life, this is one of the wisest guys who ever, ever lived and led. And he kind of made some bad decisions toward the end of his life. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a big question of, do we take a snapshot of somebody's life and then they say that's that person or right. we look at the whole picture and say this disqualifies what they said before or yeah i think it's a it's a big question that mary's going to answer for us oh I'm excited. wow i don't have an answer to a question that big i do think that that is a call to us to remember the importance of integrity in every day though and that no one is beyond falling to lies or to bad decisions or to ultimately disobedience or disbelief, uh, but that it is a daily process. It feels like we also look at the man. In, in, you know, I'm just thinking about over the last few years, there's been some some uh, fallouts from sure. Christian leaders sure. and pastors and. Uh, I, I don't know. I think it's making us think about who are we worshiping here? Mm. Are we worshiping Jesus and the message? Or are we l- worshiping the messenger? And especially in the Western culture, it feels like we worship the messenger um, more than what's behind the message. And so I don't know if we need to reevaluate that. You know, some of it, it definitely is on the Christian leaders. We we are called to a higher platform and so we should live up to that. But I think it's also on some of us that look at some of these leaders and think that they are perfection. Sure. We put them up on a pedestal. We put them up on a pedestal because they have a platform. Right. It's a lot of height there. I don't know if you <laughs> noticed that. But uh, yeah. So I think it's a two-way street. I think it's uh, how we view it and how they should live it. And we should live it. I think it's really helpful in those situations, Chris, you bring up a great point that often we do put people on a sort of pedestal is that often God raises up people who are probably not the most faithful person in your church, that that we could look at the local church and say, wow, this person is following God in such a way. Um, But it also reminds us that God draws really straight lines with really crooked sticks Mm -hmm. and that it may be you or I, it may be someone else, but that God is going to do as he intends to do in the lives of his people, uh, despite us Mm -hmm. in a lot of cases. Yeah. Growing up, my dad definitely uh, stressed a lot into me, like, do what you're 
say you're going to do. Yeah. Like your word yes and who you yes. are. Absolutely. Um, growing up, did y'all have any uh, a similar experience in that? Did y'all have somebody that made sure you had integrity? Oh, yeah. I would say in my life it was my dad as well. I mean, that was something that uh, we always stuck to. The For us in our house, it was remember that you're a Surratt. That's right. And that Surratt's keep their word. They work yep. hard. And I really saw it with my dad. My dad was a, a pastor for over 40 years, became a missionary for a while. And it had his issues like any any man. But if, you know, he always lived by, you know, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. This is who you see. I am, I am flawed. And, but by the grace of Jesus, I am who I am. And that's just who he was. And so the man you saw on the platform was the man that you saw in our house. Mm -hmm. And I will always be thankful for that. Yeah, my dad didn't tell me to be a Surratt, but the Hudson, right? And, and my name he meant something, have. right? He really should, should have. have. I, wish, I wish I were. <laughs> uh, but our, our name meant something. It means something. Exactly. And so uh, it comes along with reputation, I suppose. And so you can uh, really tarnish a reputation very quickly on something that you have built up for so long. So Yeah. In a moment, you can strip away all of the good that it feels like you've done over a lifetime. Um, but uh, Hemingway said that that major things in our life happen uh, slowly and all at once. Mm. And so if you can look back at a lot of these things, if I've done it or somebody major has done it, it didn't just happen overnight. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just a last minute decision. Right. It was something that was building up sin, that was building up pride, that was building up. And then over a period of time, then all of a sudden it was, it happened, whatever it was. I'm guessing with David that he didn't just, you know, look over his rooftop one day and just out of the blue say, oh. Mm-hmm. I want. I, I bet you know it was a build up, right, to a moment, and then it happened, and then he had somebody killed over it, you know. So I I try to remember that when when I'm living my life as well. Yeah, I've been listening to some really interesting books recently about kind of the Jewish understanding of some of these things, and it really helped shed some light on Jesus's teachings and how it was. Uh, also that rabbis during Jesus' time would be teaching like these smaller sins lead to these bigger moments. And so when Jesus talks about like to hate your brother is ultimately like you're leading down the road to murder. And so um, it's been really helpful for me to see like this is not a new thing where these small moments turn into bigger moments, uh, but it is an opportunity to say, oh, wow, I've misstepped. I need to repent of this sin before it grows. I think Jesus is telling us like sin will devour you. It is crouching at the door. It says for Cain waiting to be let in and and it is going to eat you alive if you are not putting your trust in Christ every day and repenting of those smaller sins. They, They will, you know, catalyzed to much larger issues. Not that sin is in some sort of waiting period of uh, and not wait, W-A-I-T, but, you know, like, not that the sins are particularly weighted or that God is saying, like, this sin is so much worse than this other sin. But the consequences, yeah. of course, are growing exponentially. Sure. I also think that we need people in environments in our lives, all of us, whether we're 
famous or an influencer or just Andrew. You yeah, know. you've got a sweet <laughs> podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, where we can feel comfortable enough to confess the temptation before we have to confess the sin. That's good. Right. Yeah. And I think that a lot of us, and especially when you get a, sort of a reputation, you're afraid to let people into your circle yeah. that you think if they knew the temptation, they wouldn't believe in, in me where it would wipe out everything where we just, we have to have that or we can confess the temptation before we have to confess the sin. Yeah. If you really knew me, then you wouldn't like what you've seen. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Man, that, that speaks to my heart for sure. Uh, And I also want to point out that while my dad is, is tangible, right? Like that's not who I'm working for, right? Colossians 3.23, I'm working for God, right? And so how can we, uh, yes, my dad is, uh, gifted me with this, you know, foundation, but am I doing my work for my dad or am I doing my work for God? And so how can we have integrity just in God? Right. Uh, so I, I agree. Confessing, confessing is part of that. That's, in, that's a great word. That's a great word. And that's where, uh, you know, I, I know I, I beat on the group drum all the time, uh-huh. but that's why we need that smaller group of people that we can say, this is who I am. I mean, that's living in integrity, right? Sure. And we can confess, you know, I have temptations. I have sins. Um, C.S. Lewis said the definition of friendship is uh, when you're able to say, you too, I thought it was just me. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what that gives us to. And that allows us to walk in integrity is when we can have this smaller group of people that confession leads to healing is what James said. Um, and that, that is, that's the secret sauce. Man, that's how I'm able to, as much as I can, walk in honesty and integrity mm-hmm. is because I have two or three guides that I can be completely open to. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I found that whenever you do confess, uh, that relationship is stronger. So if I let somebody in because I'm nervous that they're going to see the real me, what happens is they get to see the real me. Right. And so then they love me even more. And so why would we not be jumping to go do that? Why would we not? What does this look like in the home? How do we have more integrity in the home? Yeah, a great question. I think a lot of it looks like modeling for kids. And just like you guys had dads who really set the standard of integrity. I think that's something as parents we can do. Um, a lot of it looks like the way you respond when a kid confesses mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, something we've realized we have two five-year-olds, one of which confesses immediately, even if it was just an accident. Um, and one who would probably continue to lie unless we were like, I like, this is very obvious. And so the way that we respond to them, uh, in a lot of cases is, is different because we want to help the one who struggles to confess to do so, to know that there's love there, despite that confession. Uh, and then the one who confesses quickly, we want to really applaud that. We want to like continue to help them know like it's okay to confess your your mistakes to us. It's like we're always going to love you. There's going to be that litmus of um, we're your parents. We're not going anywhere, that type of thing. Uh, and, and we've also realized it's very easy to shatter a child who's come to confess something. And if you kind of just bear down on it, as they're offering up their soul to say, I really messed up, it's very easy 
to make it very hard for them to do that the next time. Right. Judgment um, versus grace. Yes. Right, and right. so, you know, yeah, there are times we have to put kids in timeout and that's the right thing to do. Uh, but the grace and the conversation that comes alongside that is what really makes the difference. Man. Mary Wiley, do you have any Hemingway or C.S. Lewis quotes <laughs> no, for us? No, but I, I feel left out now. Man. Coming I gotta I gotta time. try to keep up. Coming yeah, next time same. with a bunch of them. <laughs> That's all I'm trying. That's secret sin time. Has anybody been non-integritous ever? <laughs> ever? <laughs> of course. Okay. The last two minutes? Oh wow. <laughs> and you're out of the podcast. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in, either on Facebook, YouTube, or wherever you're listening to podcasts. Uh, if you've got a question for us, we would love to hear from you. So discipleology at lifeway.com will send it to our inbox and we would love to, to dive into a topic for you. Um, guys, really great to see you and we will see you next week.